0: Wait a minute, fellas. I was just thinking. I really don't want to see the wizard this much. I'd better wait for you outside. What's the matter? Oh, he's just as scared again. Don't you know the wizard's going to give you some courage? I'd be too scared to ask him for it. Well, then, we'll ask him for you. I'd sooner wait outside. Why? Why? Because I'm still scared. (laughs) What happened? Somebody pulled my tail. (laughs) You did it yourself. I... Oh. Come on. Come forward! Tell me when it's over. Look at that. Look at that! (laughs) I want to go home. I am Oz, the great and powerful. Who are you? Who are you? If you please, I am Dorothy, the small and meek. We've come to ask you. Silence! The great and powerful Oz knows why you have come. Step forward, tin man. You dare to come to me for a heart, do you? You clinking, clanking, clattering collection of colligionous junk. Uh, yes, yes, sir. Uh, y- y- yes, Your Honor. You see, uh, a while back, we were walking down the yellow brick road, and... Oh! And you, scarecrow, have the effrontery to ask for a brain, you billowing bale of bovine fodder! Yes, Your Honor. I mean, Your Excellency. Uh, I mean, uh, your wizardry. Enough! Uh, and you, lion... <laughs> well? You ought to be ashamed of yourself, frightening him like that when he came to you for help! Silence, snapper. The Beneficent Oz has every intention of granting your requests. What's that? what did he say? Huh? What'd you say? But first, you must prove yourselves worthy by performing a very small task. Bring me the broomstick of the Witch of the West. But, 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 but if we do that, we'll have to kill her to get it. Bring me her broomstick, and I'll grant your requests. Now go. Mm. But well, what if she kills this fight? I said, Paul.
1: <laughs> so, bringing our requests to God—does it sometimes feel like that? I remember as a boy, we watched this. How many of you are my age and remember it was on about once a year and. This was probably the most frightening scene on television I would ever watch on a given year. Coming into the great and powerful Oz with their deepest requests and it being a fearful thing. Wondering if they were worthy. To some degree, my, my prayer life was a little like that. We feel like we're coming before the great and awesome God. Will he grant us what we want? Are we worthy there's a lot to be seen in the Wizard of Oz in terms of how we view the great and powerful, however beneficent, God. Jesus said, when we come to the Father for request, He used to be called Abba. It changes completely what it means to come to Him. I remember um, when Anna was uh, little and Ella was even smaller, three years her younger. They were playing in the, in the other room, and little Ella came in and said, Dad, can I have a million dollars? Oh, no, no, she said, can I have two million dollars? Yeah, can I have two million dollars, Dad? I said, why do you need two million dollars? I said, well, I just got a coloring book, and, and, and I asked her if I could color on a page or so, and she said, not for a million dollars. Can I have two million dollars, Dad? <laughs> now, the request was outrageous. She didn't know the request was outrageous. That, that would be a whole week's wages for me, you know, if I, if I, it was an outrageous request. She didn't know that. She just knew she had a need and she knew what that need meant to her as far as she understood it. And it was interesting when she asked me, she wasn't joking. There was never a doubt that I could just reach into my pocket and pull out $2 million. Why did she have such confidence in coming to me with such an unrealistic request? Because I'm Papa. I'm Abba. Dad loves me. Dad will take care of me. And you know what? I did. I met her need. I, I didn't give her $2 million. But we did buy her a coloring book. I, I love that picture of us coming to the Father. You know, our view of what we need, what we think we need, must often seem ridiculous to him. Entirely unrealistic. But deep down inside, he knows what we need. And he promises He'll give it to us. Let's say this Lord's Prayer together again. And as we do, pay particular attention to this request section. But let's start from the beginning. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, so we've learned, first of all, that prayer is relationship. It's about connecting and communing with our Father. We've learned that prayer is commitment. There is a guidance system for our prayers that has to be remembered because it guides what it is that we bring to him. And what was that guidance system? Three lights, like the lights in the harbor, to be lined up to find our way safe. The glory of God's name, right? The coming and the living for his kingdom and the submission to his will. So prayer is a commitment. We always come to God with our requests, mindful of the priority. James 4 James says, You have not because you ask not. Then he goes on and says, And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask for the wrong reasons. In other words, we're praying outside of what God's looking for and and what we should know are His priorities for us. What are the right reasons? Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and your will be done in my life. I live for His glory, I live to extend His kingdom by preaching the gospel, bringing the gospel into lives, and I surrender to what he wants for my life. It's his will that matters. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. The life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Those are the right reasons when we ask God. But when we finally get that right, what is it that we're supposed to ask him? And he talks about four things. The first is give us The second is forgive us, the third is lead us, and the fourth is deliver us. But before we get into any of that, let's just address this question. If God already knows what we need, why do we ask God for stuff? Let's review some of the verses that we've seen. In the precursor to the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, Your heavenly Father knows what you need before You ask him. Look at Philippians 4, verse 19. In fact, let's say this together. What a great promise that we have. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Look at James 4 and then Matthew 7, the words of Jesus. Say these with me. You have not because you ask not. And then Jesus says, ask and you will receive. So our Heavenly Father already knows what we need. He's already promised he's going to give us everything we need. So why do we ask him? First of all, we ask him because he wants us to. (laughs) He wants us to bring our requests to God. Look with me in Philippians chapter 4, just quickly. We already read verse 19, my God will provide all of your needs. But I want to back up and and look earlier at verses 6 and 7 of Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything... But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the first reason we should ask is because God says, I want to hear them. Bring your requests to me. Yeah, I know. And yeah, I'm going to meet every need, but I'd like to hear them. God said, ask. Second, Asking affirms our reliance on God, not on ourselves. We're not to take that for granted. Third, and we could come up with probably a lot of other reasons, but these are the ones that came to my mind. According to what we just read, bringing our requests to God replaces our worries with God's peace. Let me read it again Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God, and then what will happen? What's the promise? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, when we're not bringing our requests to God, then we're holding on to them. It's bringing it to him and leaving it with him. It's been an interesting week for the Sparling family. We've had a lot of challenges this week, and it's interesting how God often does that. The very things I'm preaching about, he's putting me through so that I, I remember I'm, I'm first his child trying to grow myself before I'm ever trying to help others grow. I have to admit, I, I got pretty down. <laughs> I felt kind of low this week. And then I'm, I'm studying this, and I'm sitting there going, I, I can't, I have no right to be full of worries and anxiety when God says, come to me and leave it with me. Bring your requests to me. It's as though our requests are a gift we're giving God. Bring them to me and leave with my peace. So it's a spiritual discipline of saying, God, you've already promised to meet my needs. You know best how to meet my needs. Here they are. And and now I'm just gonna leave them in your hands. I'm gonna exchange my anxieties and my worries for your peace. I think those are at least some of the good reasons why we're taught in God's word to bring our requests to God. Let's go on and look just quickly at a couple of these requests. And the first category of requests is in the phrase, Give us this day our daily bread. Standing in the need, give us. The word bread represents in Scripture not just food, but it actually represents all the things we need to sustain life, both physically and spiritually. To the Hebrew culture, bread was also about God's spiritual feeding. It's not just about, Lord, I'm hungry, would you make sure me and my family can eat? When Jesus uses the word bread, it's the full symbolism of that. So I'm saying, Lord, I'm in need of you, and you're the one that provides everything I need for life, both physically and spiritually. I'm rehearsing my reliance on you for everything I need for life. But it's more than bread, right? It's daily bread. Why such a focus on that? And I believe that's because our reliance on the Father is constant and ongoing. If we were to read Jesus' own commentary on the Lord's Prayer, which proceeds from the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, where he talks about the need for forgiveness, and and he deals with this very issue about God providing our needs. Every day has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry for tomorrow. It's interesting, so when we say, Lord, I'm, I'm dependent on you for everything in life, what we're to ask for is today, and we're to leave tomorrow with God. I, I think some of my greatest worries are the things when I look 10 years down the road. Now, I think we're supposed to plan, I think we're supposed to be good stewards, but I think we have to be very careful that we don't trust in our plan so much that we're in the flesh, right? Lord, in the end, what I have today is because you let me have it. It's a daily reliance, constant and ongoing, but it's more than daily bread. It's our daily bread. Our reliance on God's provision is communal. We're to be there for one another, to step up when people need help, when people are short of funds or emotional strength. We're we're the body of Christ. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. So we are not only those that pray, but we are God's answer to each other's prayers, Three quick lessons on daily bread, okay? God will provide necessities, but not always the niceties. That's what he promises. Second, Jesus declared a ban on worry. Bringing a request to him is the path away from worry to peace. Third, God's generosity to us ought to breed generosity in us. I think we're gonna end right there. Because what I want to share with you about forgiveness is so important that I don't want to rush it. Let's pray, and let's just think about those daily needs, our daily bread, and let's think about the anxieties. Why don't you focus on one thing in particular that is causing tremendous stress in your life right now? Maybe that's easy because you've got a dozen things that are causing stress. Take a minute and think about those right now. And identify the stress and recognize that it's partly because you're fixated on those things. You're holding on to them. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a physical issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's something going on with a family member that you have no control over. What is that area of anxiety? And I want you to picture it as something that you're going to give to God as a gift because he's asked you to bring your request to him. I want you to kind of wrap it up, wrap all your emotions around it. And then I want you to just picture yourself bringing that to God, just bringing it to Christ and saying, Lord, it's yours. I'm bringing my need, my worry, my request to you. And now here's the big part. Let go of it and leave it there. Your heavenly Father knows your needs and promises to meet them all. Let go of it. You have no power over it, and it has no power over you. In Jesus' name, amen.